0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. What was that, (laughs) Andrea?
1: Welcome to the second edition of Fireside Chats. This is Catholic (laughs) Stuff You Should Know. I'm Father Nathan Goebel, Pastor.
0: Father Michael O'Loughlin.
1: With me is Father Michael O'Loughlin, Pastor of Holy Protection of the Mother of God. Also with this is a consecrated virgin, by the name of Andrea Pinedo, <laughs> our an immaculate virgin. Oh, definitely not immaculate. Technically, it would just be immaculate.
0: <laughs> this is our immaculate virgin. Oh, that's my new name for you. That's your next tattoo, immaculate
1: <laughs> um, no, no, no. virgin. <laughs> Is that a
0: thing? What does that mean? Oh my I never gosh. thought about it that way. Well, what does that mean?
1: M So there's two M's in a macula. So Yeah, macula means stain. <laughs> I'm
0: a stained virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess
1: I'm a oh, oh, stained one. That's- you also have a dish towel that says I cuss, but Jesus loves me. No,
0: that's not what it says. It says I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. But I cuss a little.
1: No.
0: I love Jesus, but I cuss a little I like that. That was a
1: gift. It's nice. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it a good gift. Yep, we have uh, thrown another log on the fire. Uh, another three logs on the fire, and uh, I have made a toasted
0: marshmallow masterpiece. <laughs> it is good. If you hear if you hear a sipping sounds it's not the ice in the whiskey glass now it's the marshmallows in the mug that you're going to hear marshmallows
1: Well if I can you know like cuz I'm just going to keep lobbing bombs across the pond before I see Father John actually he won't have listened to this by the time it comes out we'll, I think we'll be back by the time Yeah comes exactly out. um just can I make a little small request yeah. you know I got I got chewed out for chewing into the microphone you know Could you stop <laughs> clinking your ice right in the microphone like, and then, like, gulping, like, right in the microphone. People love the glass. They hate the gulps. It's, <laughs> I'm like, and it's so loud. I'm like, dude, you sound like, and it's funny because, like, Mike will be talking and, and like, clink his ice a little bit. And, and then you hear a, I hear another pour,
0: and then clink, 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 and then... <laughs> And there are times when I can actually hear like somebody reaching to refill a glass. Yeah, because I don't think we realize how much we pick up on. Like you guys can probably hear me sniffling. You can probably hear the maculate one over here shifting on the couch. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But we just don't know it. Molly, can you? <laughs> you did it that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my esophageal stricture makes my swallowing marshmallows loud. Yeah, he almost choked. I almost you died here tonight. for it
1: during the podcast. No, no. Oh.
0: during dinner. No, No I almost died right in that hallway over there. He ate
1: too much. He was like shoveling down the mac and cheese like there was it no was tomorrow. Such good mac and cheese. And all of a sudden, like he just stands <laughs> up from the table and runs away. And I'm like, "Are you all right?" I was like, I, I yelled at him. I was like, "Are you choking?" And he doesn't respond. I'm like, "Uh," and then he's like, oh, "I'm okay." <laughs>
0: I didn't want you to panic because that that happens like ever about once every other week with me. So like I I know oh, what to do. and Terrifying. It's, yeah, I'm, I offered up for your soul. Did you? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't from mean now on. <laughs> it doesn't
1: mean anything if you didn't actually do it. I did not, but I will do it from now on. Okay, well I'm gonna force
0: feed you rice. Until One of these times when, <laughs> when I really need prayer. <laughs> One of these times I'm going to die and they're going to say, yeah, the last words on his lips were, gobble soul. <laughs> gobble soul. And they're going to be like, what? <laughs> I
1: think he was saying meatball. Pole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was blaming his priest friend for his death.
1: Set the timer for the banter. We got to make sure we're on time. Wow.
0: It's I mean, fine. You know we started.
1: Father okay. John's got me all nervous Let now be because, because we went over. We went over the hour mark. But we were not the first.
0: We're not the first. And two weeks ago, your podcast was like thirty-five minutes. So you yeah, that was because we went over the previous one, <laughs> so we were in a hurry. Say you earned a little extra time. And I need to go. Yeah, I need. Did, did you listen? Go. Yeah. Oh, thank you.
1: Can I ask Andrea another question? I know it's annoying, but um, you know she's right here. Well, I know. Did but you I want watch that to video that I that. sent
0: you? <laughs>
1: yeah. Good night. I was dying.
0: The one of the weird bearded child. That yeah, because
1: it was because your brother sent that video of him and your niece. Like he's like, look at my hair; it's pretty. Uh, yeah, and she's like, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the that's face exact- swap. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it was.
0: Yes, it was hilarious. I laughed really hard. What and snorted twice.
1: <laughs> what is the name of that guy? Anyways, another another gold mine find on gold
0: on uh, wimp.com. I saw that video advertised on Facebook. I didn't watch it, though, until tonight when I watched it with you. And it was funny.
1: Which, by the way, um, I received my first letter from Becca Messel today. Oh. And when I saw New Ulm, Minnesota, I actually like giggled like a little girl, put it into my pocket, and then told everyone, uh, I gotta go. And then I ran home and poured my little water and sat outside and ripped open my letter all excited that is the
0: cutest thing ever it
1: was <laughs> and then i like read it and then i was like oh and then i reread it and i was like oh but in that she said one of the videos that i showed her from wimp.com has helped her in terms of getting through communal life which
0: one was it
1: the one of the corgi trying to catch the ball
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you seen that one i don't know i'll show you later okay it's just this it's this corgi like they throw the ball at this at this dog it's, I don't think it's a corgi, but um, <laughs> it like hits the dog in the face and bounces off, or whatever, and it takes forever. And then after like sixteen tries, the dog finally gets it in its mouth, and it's like, that's it. That's communal life. You gotta keep trying. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Nice. There you go. But what if you try more than sixteen times? Seven times, seventy times. There you go. Forgive your neighbor. Yes. All right. Oh, it's my topic, isn't it?
1: It's your topic. I It'll gotta, be a little I'm lighter
0: than our topic. last one. Oh, shoot. All right. Uh-oh. Oh. I, I'll have to look it up while what? I'm talking. I was going to bring in a book, and it's in my bag. Oh, oh my Andrea. Goodness. Oh, stop. Thank you. Could you just get my, my uh, computer bag out of the kitchen? Yeah. I have a, a book it's in it. I, anyway, I don't... Chicken soup for the Byzantine soul. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's going to make you cry. Yeah. Uh... All right, well, so we can banter a little bit more. Well, I'm, I, we had a great I don't, I don't time in Italy, end, but we had a great time. Yeah, a great time in Italy. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, I ate a lot, had some laughs. Yeah, Pope Francis and I, <laughs> he stroked my mullet backwards, <laughs> and then I hissed at him like a cat. <laughs> that didn't happen. He petted it the right way. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. We totally- I actually
1: have been a little nervous that Pope Francis is just going to be like, You come down here right now. And then I'll be like, Uh. And then he's, he's going to be like, Why are you growing your hair out? And I'm going to say, To help kids with cancer. <laughs> but I got to make sure I say it in Italian or Spanish. And then he's going to be like,
0: Scissors now. I'll be like, No. Oh. Can she. Did I bring my bag in here? Maybe. Oh, Andrea, did I bring it in here? I don't know. Oh, awkwardness. It's right there. What? Oh, yeah. oh sorry. Good. Thank no, you. I... I made you get out of your blanket and all that. Twelve minutes of banter. C- can you offer that up for my soul, please? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, I, this is actually not till the end. So um, a couple of reasons I thought of this topic. Um, the first one was because my comment last time that you call me Father Kairos. Yep, um, because I was late twice. Neither of them was my fault. Um, but to companion, you've been events. late twice, T- twice in a row. When you when started, twice calling me in that. a row. But yeah.
1: is is it more often than not that you're late? No, really, really. Am okay. I late
0: more often than not?
1: Um, do we, are we going to do this now? <laughs> no comment, Andrea. A little help. I just know I just I know it that when, when i, I, fight.
0: I hate
1: it. <laughs> when i arrive when I arrive for association gathering or like you know not just Lord's Day but like you know Thursday lunch you know there are times where people saunter in you know little little tardy
0: okay you know okay if 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 Thursday lunch is right at one fifteen. Then I will say I do often wander in about 1.30, but I am definitely not the last guy.
1: Well, I know that, but let's, let's just make it at 1.30 then. Yeah, I agree. The problem is, I mean, like, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Sometimes <laughs> I just say to myself, I'm driving, I'm driving 30 minutes to get there at 1.15. Yeah. They're driving five minutes to get there at one fifteen, And so if you're 20 minutes late or 15 minutes late, that's like
0: me being 45 minutes okay. late. Okay, Thursdays. Fridays. Thursday, Friday. Fridays, I, I cannot make association gathering, and Brady knows Brady I'm going to Brady knows late. that. Brady knows. Absolutely.
1: Lord I'm moderator. Him,
0: yes, Lord moderator knows I'm going to be late. So association, association gatherings don't count. Once his birthday, I told him I was going to be late, too. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, good. When you're a moderator one day, then you will know all my excuses. <laughs>
1: I'm going to do... Uh, I'm gonna make everyone have iPhone Find My Friends, and then at 1:15, nice. I'm gonna find out where you are, and then that's how many uh, that's how many prostrations you make. <laughs> Not when you show up, but where you are at
0: 1:15. If, if if you ever do Find My Friends, and we do that, I'm just gonna leave my phone like at per- the companion's house permanently in the, in my church. Man, he's always praying. What a good guy. He's sitting there like six hours a day. Ah, so did anyway. I ever sing
1: to you my melancholic moderator song? <laughs>
0: I think it's epic. I'd like you to share that whenever. With a whenever
1: Father Brian Larkin was the moderator, <laughs> he's the melancholic, the melancholic moderator. He's a scriptural commentator, a pastoral administrator. He's our melancholic, melancholic moder moderator.
0: Oh, that is fits Brady me so well. is Brady
1: moderate uh, melancholic? I don't heard know other, what I've he is. heard. Some people say that he's not; he's more phlegmatic. I but father, I have absolutely no idea what those terms mean. I just know that <laughs> since Father John is sanguine choleric, that's the best according to him. <laughs> I'm freaking taking you by the woodshed, son, with my toasted marshmallow Hot chocolate.
0: What do you, What are you, immaculate? Um, I'm a sanguine choleric. Okay. I'm a sanguine phlegmatic, which I hear is just it's the best. The best? I, think so. I, I think I think sanguine, sanguine phlegmatics. It, <laughs> yeah. I'm sanguine. I'm I'm certainly probably the happiest. Exactly. I think that's the happiest one next to Greg Peterson, Father Greg Peterson. Sorry, he's definitely a sanguine phlegmatic too. Oh yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, who who do you say is is just the? Well, I mean, it, it, I'm happy, but I kind of bumble through life too. I think like it's you just, are one of the more joyful companions. Amen, Father mm-hmm.
1: Jason. Father yeah. Greg, you guys are all on the podium. Father Brady probably wins that category because he's in, experiencing joy by being at the cross or on the cross, <laughs> right? But you know, we'll never know until after his death and he's incorrupt and whatever. I just I write we write we we read his diary and he's like, it was that long haired companion <laughs> that drove me crazy, <laughs> but I always pretended I liked him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a parishioner that gets that gets very, very angry when at the story of Teresa, the little flower, that she kind of just grinned and bared it with that nun that used to annoy her so much. Mm-hmm. And she, I think this prisoner of mine just feels that Teresa was acting fake around her. And so she's afraid that people are acting fake around her as well. All the time. Yeah. I, I think it's just a paranoia thing. But it's like, I, I get that. But then you're going to be just suspicious all the time.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel I would like my three quarters of my job is like pretending I'm somebody I'm not. So, fifty percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 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 oh,
0: like putting on a face.
1: No, you have to. You have to choose it. I mean, yeah. If we always operated out of our natural affect, then for most of the mornings I would be angry. For most of the afternoons, I'd be I'd be tired. You know, I I mean, for some places, I just I don't want to be here. You know? And, yeah, but yeah. you can't you that that's not a determinant. You you choose I'm going to be
0: something else. You but, don't feel love, you choose love. Like for my personality that's kind of naturally happy though, that sounds exhausting to have to like put on a different face than exactly how you're feeling. I mean like I, I would say probably I, I put on a mask five percent of the day or less.
1: I'm not saying it's a mask. I'm saying I have to choose like I may feel something right now, but I'm not like, I don't have to take it out on this person.
0: Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we, yeah, there's a filter. It's a small filter, but... <laughs>
1: Intermittent filter.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I I probably just wouldn't, wouldn't do very well if I was trying to think through that whole thing all the time. God is merciful. He gives us these the personalities we can handle. I just feel like my happiness is completely unearned. Like I, when I, when I see people that like work the day and like labor and serve and sacrifice. And then like at the end of the day, they'll go home to their families or, you know, sit down with the fire with the bourbon with friends. And like, they, they just relax. Or like, Oh, I earned this. Like, I don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel that this, the right amount of sacrifice was put in to be as happy as I feel all the time.
1: Okay, yeah. What did you say once? This is actually what happened. If you remember in the podcast, let's go back for a second. So, I said on the podcast, "This is what this is what desolation is." You know what I mean, Father Michael? And he said, "Quote, I don't think I've ever been in desolation." And I said, "Quote, that makes sense. You went to Steubenville."
0: I'm <laughs> so proud. So proud. Okay, I, back to the present moment. Yeah. I, I, do, I do think I've really only been in desolation three or four times in my life, and it was brief. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to swear on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What one was after breaking up with the girl in college? When I just, but I, I guess all my desolation has felt absolutely earned. So I knew I was I knew I was called to celibacy, and I started hanging out with this girl anyway. So my bad, my fault. I deserve the desolation. The other times have been if I made big mistakes in my ministry and people called me out on it. Was the other times when I went for a extended period of time feeling down.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, all of those are
1: earned. So there you go.
0: I deserve it. Anyway okay uh Kairos so
1: Kairos father Kairos,
0: according to the ancient Greeks, there were two different um kinds of time there's Chronos, which is like one minute after the other, like measurable scientific time, mm-hmm. like the seconds tick away in the clock. Kairos is more of a an eternal time it's there's a a depth to it that is not measured by any sort of science it's more of a um, Sees the day, carpe diem. It's more of a, an opportunity. It's a, a timeliness. It's it's yeah. the way that our our time, this time and space that we exist in, the way that it breaks into eternity, and and the things that are transcendent, the things that are of God, all of a sudden become accessible to us. Um, you know, I, I guess one word might be timeliness. Like it's not time, but it's timely. It did it happen at the right time? Um, the ancient Greeks were very much. Um, use this to um in the secular world to describe like rhetoric. Um it's almost like a comedic timing. You know, you you Yeah you it's you don't it's like it's not like a stand-up comedian who puts the right pauses in. That's still Kronos, but like the the type of comedy that I that I love about you, Father Nathan, it's like you just you you, you you come in and in the middle of a conversation and it's just like you could not have planned for it and it was just kind of something deeper that broke in and the the, the timing of the comment was perfect and, and hilarious, you know, whatever it might be there, there's a timeliness um, to it. And when, and this is the, again, the carpe diem, this is the seize the day. This is deciding within the structure and the restraints of, of a chronos, to in a sense break that open to not no longer be a slave to the ticking away of time, the
1: appointed but, time.
0: Exactly. The, yeah, right. That that's a good definition. The appointed time. So exactly, scripturally, scripturally, it's like the day of the Lord. I mean, yeah. Christ died at a certain time in history, on a certain day at a certain time, <laughs> yep. died on the cross. But 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 the the eternity was broken at, the, at that moment. Then Kronos. Yeah, speaking of that, we got our clock. Um, that that moment had consequences in eternity. You know, as soon as as soon as we die, that moment and we we died at a certain time, a doctor can say, oh, the time of death is this. But but there's a there's eternal consequences. As soon as a child is conceived, as soon as a child is conceived, all of a sudden those parents are responsible for for affecting eternity by creating, yeah. co-creating another life and so in a sense there is different secular and religious meanings but but the scriptural meaning um, of of kairos and the word kairos happens in the scriptures more more often than chronos so i think it's like kairos is 86 times it appears in the scriptures um Kronos is 56 something like that it's it's a good 30, 30 difference. different so the 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 time that is eternal what would you say again what was your definition pointed time pointed time like the uh, 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 the time assigned by God in the sense that we have access to.
1: I think of it as, like, you might know the day. You might know the day and the time that you met your best friend. Right. Like, we met at, you know, this kind of baseball thing or whatever. But, like, there was a time when you didn't know this person, and then there was a time when you did. Yeah. And that that you can measure it. You can say, like, oh, yeah, I was on such and such date. But, like, that time when that person walked into your life is like, that was, I didn't create that. Right. You know, I, I, I met that person or like, say you went on a first date with the person that ended up being your wife, you know, you met at 6 PM at, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, maybe, you know, probably (laughs) Started early. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, showbiz or whatever. Um, and, uh, 6 PM. So you can point at that, but it's like, that was the time. That was the time I met your, met your mom or whatever.
0: Yeah. But hey, in the man. sense that that was a, the consequences of that Kronos extends into Kairos.
1: Do you know the first day we met?
0: You and I? Mm-hmm. Um, was it at Holy Protection? Or, yeah, it was. Okay. <coughs> I rem- it was at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah. You are
1: playing skee-ball.
0: I worked there for two years, so I wouldn't have... <coughs> it, but I know that. You would have been a baby. You would have been a child.
1: Yeah, I, was pretty, I was there. I was a <laughs> child. <I was> <laughs> baby in arms. Ball. Yeah. No, that was the day where I came to holy protection and that was the first time I'd ever heard somebody be like, For our God loving, God fearing, amazing, awesome bishop, and for that guy in Rome <laughs> And so I said that like out as we were walking out of church, and then that guy from New Jersey was like, How about I punch you right in your Roman right lips? And I was like, Oh, okay. What? And then you're like, Hey, I'm Father Michael. I was like, Cool. <laughs> 'Cause but I thought yeah. I thought if he was upset then you were gonna be really upset and then you just thought it was funny.
0: Oh uh, oh this was like one of my parishioners? Yeah. Was it John Chabin?
1: I don't know. Oh okay. Kind of a like Italian Greek and
0: Greek Oh no no young guy. Greekan? Youngish guy. Greek <laughs> <laughs> Greek. One of those Greek guys. No, like like alright, my age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that was probably Ben Ben Loricella.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyways.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he got offended by that.
1: I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was like just joking with me or if he was serious. And I was like, okay, note to self. Well, there, no there, Byzantine <laughs> jokes at the Byzantine church.
0: <laughs> there are uh, there are people that that have been. Have been offended by something you said one time, and then like oh, yeah. remember it later on, and we're like, man, if I had only known his personality when he said that the first time, I wouldn't have been offended by that at all. And it's just kind of funny to Great. see that.
1: <laughs> These are the moments. I want to no, no, no. You
0: just play at the judgment. no, no. You just <laughs> <laughs> you, you you redeem yourself quite often, and then you totally <laughs> redeem yourself. Sorry,
1: Kairos and Kronos. Kairos and Kronos. You're so on a good.
0: So yeah. So Kairos is the is the the breaking into eternity, the transcendent, uh, in a sense, the gift of God. It literally means opportunity, which I think is a good good translation of the word. Does? Kairos does oh. it means, and, and especially in the ways of like ancient Greek rhetoric, it just means opportunity. Hmm. So like like in in this moment, there there is an opportunity. Nope. I think yeah. that's the
1: opportune time.
0: The exact Yep. Yep. Exactly. The the good time, the perfect time, the 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 seize the day. This is the time to to Those do Greekans something. Greeks
1: really knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Somebody needs to come up with a T-shirt of Drice. all the stupid <laughs> words that we've said. Okay, he knows this is coming, but it was really funny. One of the companions who will remain nameless <laughs> said at lunch the other day, instead of like he was trying to say faster like like
0: Somebody do it fast do it oh, faster okay
1: or um more rapidly right and he said quote quicklier <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like yeah you could just do it a lot quicklier i was like nope nope Which is really funny cuz he's the one that gave father john a lot a guff about drice
0: <laughs> let me guess can i can i guess who it is mhm le joie yeah <laughs>
1: Neither confirm nor deny
0: that. (laughs) Quicklier.
1: Quicklier, Drice, (laughs) Greken.
0: I don't even want to imagine how many things I've said. I I, I said something horrible one time. We had this like ultra traditional Latin Catholic family sitting in the very front row of Holy protection, you know, with all of their, um, and mantia, right. Uh So all the women had mantias and all the kids were just perfectly behaved and, you know, great, just great, great example of a of a traditional Catholic family, and I was preaching on homosexuality. So I I'm quoting the Catechism and trying to make an excuse for the Catechism using the word disorder because the Catechism said that that is, that's intrinsically disordered Homosexuality is. So I'm trying to explain like how to pastorally deal with that term. Mm-hmm. If you're like trying to evangelize and bring, you know, same sex attracted people into the church, into the body of Christ, like we're supposed to do. And, um, and I said something like, I didn't remember saying this, but my parishioners claim I did multiple parishioners claim. I did that. I said, we all have disorders. Homosexuality is one of many that I have. <laughs> okay. And, and like, I, I just meant like, I, I know what I meant. I meant I have many disorders, like we all have disorders. And again, same-sex attraction is different because it's an it's an intrinsic disorder. But I was trying to make a point about you. We can't judge others for having disorders because we all have our disorders. But supposedly, that's what I said. And supposedly, right. <laughs> when I said this, everybody in the all this whole family in the front row like looked shocked. Supposedly, thank God didn't leave, but we've never seen them again. So, if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. That was just my really bad grammar and my bumbling through a homily. Yep. Rather I hear you. Anyway, <laughs> I do this all the time. Father Nathan's like, move on. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so... quickly quickly Go quickly and Move on. Um, so, uh, this... In the Byzantine Divine Liturgy, the first time that word kairos is used... Is in the conversation. It's a, it's it's a, a prayerful conversation between the deacon and the priest before the deacon steps out to begin the liturgy. So um, it's what psalm is it? It's Psalm uh, masoretic Psalm one nineteen, the longest psalm. Yeah. So we, we uh, Septuagint one eighteen, mm-hmm. the longest psalm. There's a phrase that says, "It is time for the Lord to act." Yeah. And and so the Septuagint, and then in the uh, in the Greek, we say. Um, it's Kairos. So it's time for the Lord to act. So it's the Lord acting in time. And so the deacon says to the priest, it is time for the Lord to act. Father, give the blessing. And that's kind of the, the announcement, the private announcement that we are now in this liturgy entering into divine time, eternal time. So we know that the perfect liturgy of course is happening in heaven. Yeah. Christ is perfectly offering himself to the Father eternally for all time in heaven, and that's a kairos event. He died and rose in time in Kronos, but, but, but the, the results, the consequences of, of the kerygma, of his death and resurrection is eternal. And, and we have access to that every time we celebrate the Eucharist. So every time a mass is said every time a divine energy yeah. is said we 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 break into kairos. So the, the the deacon says it is time for the lord to act father you have the blessing the priest gives the blessing he goes out then he says um the the priest begins the liturgy blessed is the kingdom of the father and the son and the holy spirit and the kingdom is the announcement then of again we are now entering into kairos because we're entering into the kingdom of god and um that is so happening before so,
1: every liturgy before you start you pretty much say it's time to change the game.
0: <laughs> it's time to change the yes. game. <laughs> time to change the time game. To change everything. Cool. That's, that's, I that's, like that. that's an internal companions joke, right? Kind of. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, question. Yes. I don't know if you're going this direction, okay. so I might do a preemptive like balloon release, and you'll be like, oh, Go man. Ahead. Yeah, that's fine. That's the reason why it's extraordinarily problematic to be entering into Kairos and to have people look at their watch. Yeah. And to say, "Father, mass is an hour and 5 minutes." I'm like, "We were outside of time." Yeah. Yeah, but the Bronco game starts at 11:30 or whatever. I'm like, "You just broke into eternity." Right. I know my homily felt like an eternity, but like do you see the incoherence in that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what's that's funny about that is I just had somebody the other day um, in a, in a, they might listen to this, so I, I apologize, but I won't name any names. But they kind of complained that they hear homilies all the time about Kairos, but they didn't say Kairos, but they just said about eternal time and space, like being outside of time and space. And mm-hmm. I just thought probably this preacher is trying to get across to the people this reality, yeah. but but it, it is a hard reality, especially if people don't understand. I mean. Anything that is transcendent and eternal is hard to understand. And it takes kind of repeated exposure in homilies or in reading to get that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. There's, and if if we, I also think that there's a very human beauty to the, the Kairos of the Divine Liturgy and of the Mass that, that we should appreciate more. Because I know that, you know, we get so frustrated by the time and space of this world you know for whatever reason like it's just life is stressful and so it's an escape a real escape even an escape into heaven to participate in kairos and we I, just don't appreciate it enough i think
1: the part of the issue is we spend monday through saturday living in chronos yeah it's like i got to be somewhere at 11 we got to do this at 5 we're going to i'm going to bed late you know it's 11:30 or whatever and then on sunday yeah you're at the nine a m mass or the 10 a.m. divine liturgy, but there should be some sense in which you're you you um you step outside of normal time and you're just existing in a different way of relating to yeah. creation instead of like i have I only have you know 15 minutes like Sunday should be the day of rest from
0: Chronos right and there, there's something about the liturgy too, and I feel this as a priest. Now, again, I'm up at the altar. Things are very well organized up there. I'm not trying to keep an eye on kids. You know, I'm not dealing yeah. with smelly people sitting next to me. So, like, I, I'm I have more of a human experience of Kairos than I think that people in the pews do because I'm in my own True. little world up there. Um, but there's something about if I pause for a moment and I reflect and I say, like every every word I read out of the book, we Catholics get criticized for our masses and liturgies just being the same thing every week, right? We're all reading out of a book, you know, where, where's the subjective feeling of God's presence that many Christians would say that when you just have praise, worship music and and a sermon, that's kind of, it changes every week and it's exciting. And you go to a Catholic mass or a Byzantine divine liturgy, and it's just the same thing. It's the, you know, the same melodies, everything is over and over and over again. And it's like, when you're when you have an entire group of people breaking into kairos eternal time together you need some sort of ritual you need liturgy you you need the ritual so we can do this together and one of the most beautiful restful parts of the divine liturgy for me is saying i'm reading out of the book there is nothing better I could be doing right now. Yeah. There is nothing better. As much as I spend every day, and I know I've said this before, as much as I spend every day questioning my motives and questioning my actions when it comes to counseling somebody or just going about my day, I, I do not question a single thing I do during the Divine Liturgy. True, it, I'm reading out of a book. I'm, I'm, if it says, move your right hand here, your left hand here, I move my right hand there, my left hand there, and I am doing God's right. will. Yeah, it's freedom. And I'm exactly, it's an immense freedom in the structure. It's an immense freedom. And I know I'm doing God's will right now. And in that I can just rest. And the people in the congregation, you, they, they sit there and they are also reading out of a book and it's like, rest, rest. You're doing God's, there's nothing better you could be doing right now than exactly what you're doing in the divine mm-hmm. energy. And that should be so existentially eternally restful for us. Yeah,
1: And it's hard. I mean, I, I I'm glad you mentioned that point, you know, Everyone has different, not just attention spans, but different concerns. Like we were supposed to meet these people at 1030 and, you know, mass is running a little long and whatever yeah. that those happen, mm-hmm. you know, those times happen. I've been there where it's like, I'm going to do a short homily and a Eucharistic prayer too. And then I'm hop, hop, hopping straight in my car and going to the Bronco game. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Did it last week. <laughs> that TL. <laughs> Her and I rocking it, um, but again, like I had to, I had to caution myself because, and I, I say this a lot in the in the sacristy because I think it's an important important uh, maxim to live by, which I learned from the Byzantine liturgy, which is now set aside all earthly cares, mm-hmm. and like if you're actually entering into heaven, nothing on earth uh, would hold you back. Like yeah. right? you would, you would, you wouldn't feel the well, I I I really enjoy this God. Man, I it, this is cool. But um I I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. Moses wasn't thinking to himself, I, I don't know, you know, like I've been beholding the glory of God for like, you know, I don't know, forty five minutes. Like, is this gonna go on much longer? Yeah. You know? It's like at some point you're just <laughs> you're enraptured. Yeah. And we want those moments. And those are the those are great moments. I mean, I've I've sat there in holy hour before and been like, Oh, when is this gonna end? And then all of a sudden you know, or I've been in other hours, and they're few and far between. Um, God, thank you. Um, yeah. Where all of a sudden you go into prayer, and then all of a sudden you look up, and it's been it's been forty five minutes, and you feel like it's just been like yeah. five. Yeah, you
0: know, those are great. Yeah, so. the, 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 there's that's what's incredibly frustrating to me, even though I understand it about priests who don't follow the rubrics and and change the words of the liturgy and change the words of the mass. It's like, this is not about some subjective entertainment allowing people to feel good about what's being said. Like, you, the, the liturgy is happening in heaven. And as soon as you break into Kairos, you, you are walking in step with the liturgy in a sense that's happening in heaven. Mm. And if you mess with it, you're out of step with the reality, with the truth yeah, of the heavenly liturgy. And I just don't think many priests know that because it's something beautiful to say heaven and earth are connected. Heaven and earth meet right here in this liturgy. We don't feel it. Not all of us do. I'm sure some people do. Heaven and earth meet. And and, and when we try to somehow make it this merely earthly thing, we, we've just kind of ruptured that connection.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, like, and I, I get it. If I preach a long homily or like a, a homily that I'm not proud of, I want, I say, I'm going to redeem my sin. I'm going to redeem my offense by just making the liturgy shorter. And I'm tempted to like rush through prayers or like the, the silent ones kind of skip around a bit. And I'm like, that that's the devil. It is. I mean, it's yeah. like saying, why do I think that I'm somehow going to redeem This liturgy, it's not about me. It's about God's work. That's why we call it the divine liturgy. Liturgy means an act, the communal act. When you add divine to it, it's a communal act that is also an act of God and a primarily an act of God. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the church as guided by the Holy Spirit allows us to participate in the heavenly liturgy, the heavenly anaphora, the heavenly offering of Jesus Christ to the Father, and we do that in a very specific way. And that's why the church gives us the rubrics. That's why we have this. So the liturgy, the Eucharistic celebration is the, is the greatest moment, as all the sacraments are, of, of chronos, second, second, second time, the ticking wave of time, mm-hmm. all of a sudden breaking open, bursting open, and having access to heaven. Yeah. And we just need to understand that more and, and to be thankful for that more, Eucharistia, Thanksgiving.
1: That's part of the reason why I love it when we have appointed times for liturgy. I don't know if you guys yeah. have the same thing, but it's like, you must start this liturgy at this, um, you know, or you may offer this liturgy at this at this right. time of the day. And for, for Catholics, at least, you know, the a couple of them are, you know, we have 3 p.m., Mm-hmm. is the time for Good Friday. And that is the chronological time in which Christ passed away, right. you know, in which he expired on the cross. Um, and so that is the moment where a- after Christ has died, we you're not allowed to celebrate it before that. I don't think mm-hmm. you're allowed to celebrate a Good Friday liturgy before 3 p.m. Okay, um, And then you go in, and the first thing that the priest does is he prostrates himself. Hmm. He goes, he lays down on the ground as Christ has died. And it's only through Christ's death that we have, you know, kind of access into God. It's only only through Christ we have access to God, but then what do we do with this death? You know, it's just so strange. Yeah. Um, so anyways, and then the other one would be Midnight Mass. You know, Jesus was born in the night. Uh, right. I got in trouble, kind of, because I don't, I'm not a really big fan of 4 p.m. Christmas Eve Mass. And I said, and I quote, and this may be uncomfortable for some people, I'm like, at 4 p.m., Mary's not even fully dilated yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, like he was born in the night. What are you doing at 4 p.m.? You know, like, they maybe they're not even at the inn yet. So it's fine. Like, they want the kids to sing and open presents and eat dinner and whatever else. But I'm like, he was born in the night, and he rose in the night. So we... Yeah. We, uh, you are not allowed to celebrate the Divine, divine Liturgy or Mass until after dark. Yeah. So.
0: And I, I think that's exactly right. When you have the church appoint times for things, we have that for Pascha, for Easter. It's like the same thing for the Triduum. You have certain times that you can do certain things. And, and when we are obedient to that, we should rest in the freedom that obedience allows mm-hmm. to know that we are, again, walking in step. With Christ on this pilgrimage, um, the thing I thought of when you said that is is the freedom to obey fasting regulations. You know, yeah. I mean, what w- what is the what? This is a debate. What is the Roman Catholic rule in the Archdiocese of Denver about Fridays?
1: Well, I mean, it's I don't know if there's a particular law about it in the pastoral handbook, but I mean, uh, the the Roman law, canon law says that, you know, the, the Friday fast is still in place, but you should choose another penance uh, in place of, you know, that one, except in Lent,
0: in which that penance is not abrogated. Okay. So. so 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 in other words, Friday, as much as fasting is a sacrifice, and as much as it's hard, it's supposed to be hard, that there should be a freedom in saying... The church asks us, and in the Byzantine church is explicit, you have to fast from meat on Fridays. And there's a freedom there, you know, fast from meat. And as hard as it is, as much of a sacrifice it is, that there's in a sense in that obedience of freedom that opens up the kingdom of heaven and gives us access Mm -hmm. to it. And that's like the rest of my point, you know, especially as we get older and people start kind of cursing time, we don't like time anymore time has not been good like yeah you, know, you know we start we stop celebrating birthdays at some point don't like telling people how old we are you know we we see time as a burden Where, whereas time really is a gift of course it is as time and spaces but there's something about if i want to make time holy if i want to make it sacred there is things i can do every single day in order to make Give myself the experience of not just Kronos, but also Kairos. And so, like in the Byzantine church, Mondays are always dedicated to angels. So, every Monday, we have, in a special kairos way, access to intercession of the angels. On Tuesdays, John the Baptist, every single Tuesday. Mm. So, you know, if, if we are neglecting that special kairos of intercession, the ability, the kind of the proper time, and the opportunity, to use that translation, the opportunity to have access to the intercession of the angels on Mondays... Um, John the Baptist on Tuesdays, the power of the cross on Wednesdays, um, the apostles at St. Nicholas on Thursdays, the cross again on Friday, um, all the deceased, but especially martyrs on Saturdays and the Mother of God, and then the resurrection on Sunday. Like the, these are these are opportunities to tap into the the breathing in and out, the, the blood flow of the body of Christ that, that allows kind of the marching on of time to, to be seized, you know, carpe diem to, to be, to be gathered in and to, to take advantage of the opportunity of the gifts that the church gives. And then of course, as a saint every day, you know, right. multiple saints every day. So you, you tap into that opportunity, the intercession of those saints, I'm praying the liturgy, of the hours, you know, just praying the Psalms, praying the Psalms is, is, is a prayer along with the entire rest of the church because the Psalms are the prayer of the church. And I've said this quite a few times recently, but that's what—that's why St. Dominic invented the rosary, right? 150 Hail Marys instead of 150 psalms. The beginning of the rosary was an opportunity for lay people who could not read, so they couldn't read the psalms. They could pray in step with the church because the monks and the nuns are praying the psalms. And if you can't pray the psalms because you can't read, you pray a Hail Mary instead, and you pray 150 Hail Marys, that's the full rosary. It's like it's the psalms the psalms are are just an untapped prayer resource for having access again to that meeting place between god and man heaven and earth that is kairos and any anything else that you would think of that we have access to kairos the opportunity that god offers through in in a daily way, if we feel bored with life, if we feel mm-hmm. hurt by life, how do we? I, I, there was an article I saw today on the difference in Chronos and Kairos when it comes to mourning. If you've lost somebody and you're kind of waiting for there to be enough Chronos, enough time, so that healing can happen. Before the healing happens, as I mourn, I can actually heal quicker if I understand the eternal, outside of space and time aspect of Kairos kind of immerse myself in that reality. Hmm. You're getting tired, aren't you?
1: Well, I was thinking, I I don't want to go on much further because I do keep an eye on the Kronos because, you know, (laughs) you can't go over an hour. so. So I think suffering is a, that'd be an interesting podcast. Suffering is a Kairos because suffering are moments where we actually break through just the monotonous kind of day after day whatever, yeah. but then it's like, how long, O oh Lord? And not just how much more time, but like, how much more of this have you appointed? Hmm. Um, yeah. And that's where time and eternity kind of break through. You
0: know? And so, same thing with joy. I mean, suffering yeah. is that way, but joy also, sure. in a sense, brings us out of space and time. See?
1: And we return full <laughs> circle, you know, to, you know, the Mediterranean, <laughs> yes. the Mediterranean and the... uh
0: Irish, and sanguine. the sanguine
1: Irish, <laughs> you know, which normally they're melancholic, a lot yeah. more melancholic. So,
0: anyways, well, I'm not a I'm not a drinker. It's the so Basque in escape. you. I bet. I bet it's the Basque. Right, there we go. I don't know what the Basque. I don't know what the, the Bosque stereotype of the Basque is. But I'm a quarter Basque. How All are right. we on time? Do I do I have seven minutes? or No.
1: You want to go over again? We just did one on time. You can are go we? over as much as you want.
0: Okay. I just I just want to say one thing real quick. There's this there's this resource. Um, for Byzantine Catholic and Orthodox, called the Prologue of Okrid. P R O L O G U E of Okrid. O H R I D. It's kind of the um, the lives of the saints, but it has every day of the year. It has lists the saints, and then it lists um, a little biography of them, about a paragraph each. But the interesting thing that made me think of this topic was um, in the Prologue of Okrid. After each saint, so they list the saints. And then there is what's called a hymn of praise mm-hmm. that was written. So this was was compiled and written by um, St. Nikolai Velimirovich. Um, so he wrote these, uh, or collected, or wrote these, ref- these hymn of praise. Mm-hmm. So you read the story, then you you sing or read a hymn of praise, and then there's a reflection, about a paragraph or two long, on various things. Um, and then there's a contemplation that, kind of gives a scriptural reality, usually a scriptural reality, and then like three things to spend some time thinking about, to contemplate about, and then there's a homily. And so, this isn't just like, hey, here's the life of the saints. There's actually a small ritual for every day. So, and I, I definitely see this as embracing the day. Like, every day can feel the same. Like, it's just one day after another. But if, if, you're say, if you're reading this every day, you're saying, this day was different than all the rest because I did all of these things, all these rituals. Um, so just real quick, I, I want to mention this one because every year I get frustrated because this ne- gets neglected. So um, in the Byzantine Orthodox churches, we have 40 days of preparation for Christmas. So we began it on November 15th. We call this Philip's Fast because it began the day after the Feast of St. Philip. So St. Philip is celebrated on November 14th. November 15th, the fast begins. Now, one of the reasons why I heard in seminary, I don't know if this is true, that we call it the Philip's Fast is because the 15th is the Feast of Saints Gurius, Simonius, and Habib, which are not that eloquent to say it's the—
1: Those are my hamster's names. Yeah.
0: Exactly. No kid gets named these, you know. Gurias, so,
1: Simonius, the, and Habib.
0: Gurias, Simonus, and Habib. Yeah. Hab, uh,
1: Habib is <laughs> my dad's uh, Arabic persona whenever he does. Oh, really? Isn't that Character in The Simpsons. Maybe. Like, is yeah. That the, oh, the is like, it Habib? That's a poo. It, no, it's <laughs> the it's the
0: like the convenience store guy. I thought that was a poo. Oh. I think it is Apu. Anyway, it is one of those. So they're, they're from Odessa, modern-day Turkey, up near uh, near Syria. But anyway, so let me just read their story real quick. So this is November 15th. They get neglected. I'm going to read just their, right. their bio.
1: You know what? Gurias, Simonius, and Habib, shout out.
0: Hey, there we go. All right. Gurias, Simonius... Were, okay, just Gurius and Simonus were prominent citizens in Edessa. During one of the persecutions of Christians, they hid outside the city and lived in fasting and prayer, encouraging true believers who came to them for counsel. However, they were captured and brought before the judge who threatened them with death if they did not submit to the imperial decree demanded idol worship. These holy martyrs of Christ answered him, if we submit to the imperial decree, we will perish even if you don't kill us. After cruel torture, they were thrown into prison, where they remained from August 1st to November 10th, enduring hunger, darkness, and pain. They were then led out again and tortured, but since they remained unwavering in the Christian faith, they were condemned to death and beheaded in the year 322, during the reign of the wicked emperor Licinius. After Abibus. Habib, a deacon in Edessa, suffered tortures for Christ, his Lord, and gave his spirit to God while in the flames. His mother took his body, miraculously intact, from the fire and buried it in a grave with the relics of Sir Garius and Simonus. When the persecution ceased, Christians built a church in honor of the three martyrs, Gurius, Simonus, and Habib, and placed their miracle working relics in a common reliquary. Of the numerous miracles of these wonderful saints of God, the following is especially outstanding. A widow in Odessa had a young daughter who was to marry a Gothic soldier serving in the Greek army. As the mother feared for her daughter's safety, if she were to live far away, the Goth swore on the grave of the Holy Three Martyrs that he would do no evil to the maiden, but would take her as a lawful wife, as he had already sworn that he was not already married. In reality, he did have a wife, and when he took the young maiden to his country he to keep her, not as his wife, but as a slave, until his lawful wife died. He then agreed with his kinsman, kinsman to bury his living slave with his dead wife. The girl tearfully prayed to the three holy martyrs to save her. They appeared to her in the grave and took her in an instant from the land of the Goths to Odessa to their church. The following day, when the church was opened, they found the young maiden lying by the tomb of the saints of God, and learned of her miraculous deliverance.
1: Was she alive?
0: She was alive. Wow. wow. her alive. Yeah. So she, w- w- when they buried her alive, yeah, they just threw her into the grave. So so then she was transported and they found her, yeah, alive on the floor. So
1: you read that because those guys get ignored.
0: Yeah. Because um, we should girl. call the fast of Saints Gurius, Samotis, and Habib. So we should know a lot more about them. But, but it
1: starts st- on their day, right? Yeah. So, but I mean, Philip's fast is. You get to Philip, and then you got it fast. Yeah, that's,
0: that's that but, excuse.
1: You know what? Let's bring it back. Garius
0: Simonis. Garius a and Abid. Yeah, I agree. I, I yeah, I, just because they have funny names, it's probably deeper yeah. than that. But anyway,
1: I want to bring back the cat name Miao Rubio.
0: <laughs> Anyways, by the way, was was that to be when I was driving? <laughs> you just texted me yeah. meow yep. <laughs> twice and, yep. and then some gif of a cat looking at a computer screen and looking at me. Yep. I'm Whatever. like
1: driving, getting texts from you going like, what the heck? Whatever. You weren't on a motorcycle.
0: <laughs> I wasn't on a motorcycle or that would have been dangerous. I wouldn't even looked.
1: All right. That's my right, topic. Your Kronos is up, son.
0: Okay. Are shout out. you going to do all these? Well, let me do mine while you, will you decide. You're... All right. Quick shout out to Chris Lastra from now living in Northern Ireland who sent us a postcard. He's in RCIA and he says it's hard to find good Catholic community in Northern Ireland. Um, We're praying for Ireland all the time. um, So he appreciates our ministry. So shout out, Chris. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a strong Catholic um, in the new evangelization of Ireland. So. God bless you.
1: There you go. Well, this girl already got a shout-out. Uh, I mean, Forget st- you, then, she girl. She starts at, uh Hello, Father O'Loughlin. This is Ellen Dalby, who you gave a shout-out to last podcast. She already got a shout-out. Okay. But she wrote a letter in. She works at Maggie's Place in Phoenix, which is awesome. Oh, nice. Um, uh, she recommends In Sinu Jesu meant for priests, and perhaps one of the most beautiful things she's ever read. And all the moms I live with were really excited about their shout-out. Say hi. Hope you approve my envelope. Uh, Shout-out to those who have no public Facebooks, because I have had no clue outside of the moment what you look like. Um, So, um, uh, the only reason why I did that is because we're going to post that envelope, because she did a piece of art for us um, that'll someday go in our exhibit. um, And, um... (laughs) With, along with a lock of my mullet um, <laughs> so thanks for that, that was a really good drawing it so.
0: is there's amazing drawings of us on this uh, on this envelope yeah.
1: well folks the fire is out the fire is out on this podcast and the fire is out in my attention span this is Catholic Sub Podcast gmail.com I'm of course Father Nathan Goble Father Michael O'Loughlin signing off from Alvada, Colorado cheerio cheerio bye